Random Inks Productions and the Credible Nerds present The Fourth Taviran, a Wheel of Time podcast. The Wheel of Time turns, and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth, and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth comes again. Let the dragon ride again on the winds of time. Happy Halloween, everyone. This is the Credible Nerds Podcast, and this is the fourth Taviran, a Wheel of Time episode. And we, today is Halloween, and we've decided to get together and talk about uh, this new trailer that was recently released on October 27th, 2021. And so about four days later, we've been able to join up together uh, and talk about this new official trailer not just a teaser trailer or a character clip or anything like that it's the official trailer in advance of the show premiering on november 19th so we were all able to watch it and got excited about it and had some nitpicks that we want to talk about as well but you know because that's what we do here on this podcast we address the good and the bad and the mediocre so we'll get into it uh as always my name is justin and i have my fellow taviran with me i have mark Hey guys, how's it going? And we have Kyle here joining us once again. Hey, nice to meet to see you guys. Yeah. So we've been waiting for this official trailer. Uh, it's uh, two minutes and about 15 seconds long. And the the teaser trailer, I want to say, was just under two minutes or so about the same length. But we do get a lot more moments in this trailer. And one thing I noticed, did we get... Um, it's Moraine mostly talking, doing a voiceover, and just talking about her mission, which was in the books, the in the Eye of the World. the The first few chapters are definitely Moraine centered, as she's the leader of the group and she's um, kind of running the show. We don't necessarily get a point of view chapter from her, but she's the one in charge, and so we kind of get, you know, the group is going to do what she wants. So it's I think it's natural in the show that she's kind of one of the, this character that's explaining everything to us, why she showed up at the two rivers at Emmonsfield when she did and things like that. So as far as the format of the trailer, I really liked it. I thought it did a good setup because you got a balance between people who have been reading the book since 1990 and the new fans who just started seeing all the hype about this new show and are checking it out. So I think it's a good way to explain what's going on, but for for you, Mark, what do you think about kind of the format, the presentation of this official trailer? Did it grab you? Did it explain things well? Or what do you think? Uh, yeah, um, I, I thought it was great uh, for two reasons. One, we got a lot more out of it. Someone that's read the books, you know, I kind of kind of understanding what I'm going to see now, um, where we're going with season one. Uh, and that's good. Uh, I get a kind of grasp on what's been changed. I think there was quite a few things that we all saw that it's like, oh, that's that's a bit different. Um, it's not what I expected, uh, you know. So now I I can understand that. And I think if I was someone new watching, I haven't read the books. I've just been, you know, kind of getting on, you know, getting on the bandwagon, so to say. Uh, that would have excited me. Explains it a lot more, you know, what's going on, what's happening. Um, 
we, we get to see, see a little bit of the Othrod, which was, which was neat. Sounds like they're going to talk about that a little bit more because I think that's one of the most under talked things in the books that has such a profound effect on, on the world is this Othrod. So we get to see that, which is really cool. Um, yeah, overall, I, you know, you got to give it a, an A. I don't know how else to, to give it. I think we saw a lot of neat things there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting that they did kind of lead with the three oaths of of the Aes Sedai and showing the Othra. That was something I didn't expect. So for you, Kyle, what was your initial reaction to this overall trailer and what we saw here? I, I really liked the format. And just to kind of echo what you guys said, I thought it was really great that they kind of started with the Othra and the three oaths, right? Given that, you know, to your point, Mark, that's kind of what governs a lot of what happens in the books is how the Aes Sedai are constrained by the three oaths, how they work their way around the three oaths and, and kind of live in the world uh, being bound by those three oaths. Right. And that obviously comes into play later in the books about, you know, the necessity of the three oaths, why they're important and everything else like that. But um, I really liked that. I did like that. It was Moraine that told the story because I mean, while that, while she, uh, um, does kind of fall away in some of the other uh, book, uh, books later in the series and then kind of comes back, right? It really kicks off with her, right? With her and, and Swan Sanche. And so I thought it was totally appropriate that she was kind of um, governing and setting up the story. And, um, you know, the other things I liked, I, I liked the initial, I know we saw this in some of some previous trailers, but I like being able to see the flows, right? you can kind of start seeing kind of what it means to weave magic. Right. And, um, and, and, you know, we, we did it for flows. And so excited to talk about that. And, and yeah, overall, I thought it was, I'd get, I'd also give it an A definitely an A. So. Yeah. Um, so we got Moraine talking there and then she also, I think as longtime fans, we kind of forget, but when Moraine shows up, with land to the Emmons field, she knows that there is the dragon reborn or possibly the dragon reborn is in that village, but she doesn't know who it is. And in the trailer, we kind of see uh, her saying, you know, it's one of you five. And in the books, it's one of you three, Rand, Matt, and Perrin. And she doesn't know. And she eventually figures it out a couple of chapters into it. But initially, she didn't know. And so we see that reflected here in the trailer where Nynaeve and uh, Egwene are included in that. And I thought that was interesting. And I didn't have a problem with it because after some subsequent rereads, I've always thought that Egwene could have been a Taviran, just based on what happens with her and how, as the story goes on. And so I always thought, well, maybe she was and they just didn't know. But So I didn't have a, a problem with that. But... Um, that's something that I hadn't really thought of for a while is that Moraine didn't know who, who which one, what, who was the dragon, so to say. She would have an idea, right? I mean, I'm just kind of spitballing this. Yeah. And I get what you're saying. But for me, when I heard that, I, I remember hearing that. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. But now that you've mentioned, I think more about it. But she had to have a name and a place and a, and a maybe not a name then, but at least a... Uh, um, male or female right because that's what they did in the new spring is that they went around 
oh, who was born, male or female? Where were they born? You know, so they would know it was male. So I wonder if <clears throat> she's more of talking about like, um, as opposed to one of you five is the dragon, maybe, you know, maybe some of you or one of you are Taviran mm. or, you know, the three of you are, you know what I mean? Things like that it might have yeah. been more than that. I don't know, but it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to include Egwene and Nynaeve in that because it seems like she would have known she was looking for a male. Yeah. As far as the dragon goes. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's a kind of references that earlier in the series, right? I mean, they, the dragon wields Sidene, right? And that's the whole reason the dragon went insane before is because of the taint on Sidene. And so, yeah, I, you know, come to think of it, Mark, I bet that's kind of what I would think of when she says one of you five or even some of you five, right? Could be Tavirin. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, the dragon obviously is male. Um, but she said one of she did did she use the language one of you five or oh, now, I now i can't remember did she say one of you five pretty sure um, i'll have to, I'll have to maybe, look maybe it was one of you and then that showed faces of all all five but there was a, a moment where she did say you five or something similar to that um, yeah i remember now i'm gonna have to rewatch it right because <laughs> i know what you're talking about but I, yeah. now i'm trying to remember the yeah. exact but that, that that could be editing too, though, you know, and, and yeah. so she could have been talking to you know, one of you and just been in a room with Matt, you know, Perrin and uh, and Rand, but you know, just for the sake of the trail trailer. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, and then initially she they didn't know that um, there were three Taviran that came out later, basically when they met Loyal. Right. Yeah. He started talking to Viren. So maybe that's what she was thinking. I don't know. But um, yeah, just to reiterate, you know, she didn't know who she was necessarily looking for when she showed up. And she had to, she gave him the coins at the beginning to track him. And, you know, she knew it was one of those three. But that was interesting. I liked it. And Mark, you brought up the New Spring stuff. Um, that was a, a prequel story that was released sometime around a book eight or nine or 10, you know, much later in the series. And it talked about how Moraine and Lan met, talked about how Moraine and Swan figured out the, the prophecy of the dragon and how they started their search. And we saw some of that material here in this trailer that they've decided to include, which I think is a good idea. Yeah, no, I think it's a great idea, right? Because there is a lot of good context in that book. Um, I think from the very beginning, it was always wondered, you know, how Moraine got on this quest, so to say, to search down the dragon reborn, you know, and where land came from, et cetera. And New Spring kind of addresses some of that, which is neat. I think there's a lot of it that, that would have been addressed had the, they finished, right, from the New Spring. Uh, but I wonder if we're gonna see some some things from the new spring that really affect the book, maybe something about, and I'm not going to say anything more, but I'm just going to say maybe something about Varen, you know, something like that, just a quick, you know, reference to it, you know, just something like that. Uh, be pretty interesting and maybe kind of like touch base on Cad Swain a little bit, you know, kind of 
have her show up there and then because that's kind of where her and Moiraine's beef started you know and, and I know this is talking about like stuff that's not going to come out for ages right but I think there's a lot of things in New Spring that are important to know before we move forward with the book which is why when it came out in book eight it had such a profound effect later you know for books 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 so yeah yeah I think it's smart to include it here Maybe they'll even include some of the stuff from the prologue or, yeah, the prologue, um, not only in the Eye of the World with Luce Theron, um, when he, the breaking of the world, but also from that one prologue called The Ravens when the kids were younger and they were um, working, you know, feeding the sheep or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but kind of I see remember some... that. That was like a short story, right? Yeah. Yeah. You kind of see how they form their relationship. So maybe we'll have some flashbacks of them doing, I don't know, just character building moments. But I like it that they're bringing that story up to the front where it belongs. So. Uh, also in the trailer, we saw a couple shots um, of the Aiel, an Aiel war it looked like. Um, we see... And it's all from behind, so we don't get to see a face, but uh, we see an Aiel with the two swords strapped to his back, and then he's another Aiel, or the same Aiel in a, a different shot, grabbing a soldier by the cloak and throwing him, it looks like. And that's all we really see, but it's in a snowy environment. And part of New Spring, I think it, New Spring opens with the the Aiel War when they cross the Dragon Wall to go you know, kill King Layman and it's a snowy time and Lan and his army are in the snow waiting for, to attack the Aiel. So outside of that, we don't really have a snowy environment or a snowy part of the story until much later with winter's heart or around there when it gets colder. Cause when the story starts, you know, the dark one has started to touch the world and it's just really hot. It seems like all the time they're always complaining about the heat. So I don't know. Is that, part new spring or what do you guys think about that Aiel, that short clip of the Aiel? I, I think it could be right. And, and yeah, it, it makes me curious if that, that part where they're, they're tossing the soldier off the, off whatever they're tossing out is, is part of Kyrian. Right. Cause I think, isn't that where that's where King Layman was and he, you know, he cut yeah. down the, the tree. And so I'm wondering if, um, Kyrian, we'll get some shots of Kyrian in the first uh, season here. That'd be really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It'll be interesting. I, I, yeah. I mean, I definitely think that we'll see it, it will touch base there. Cause again, it's such a pivotal part of the story to know, right. You know, where the Aiel came from, why they came across in the first place, why yeah. they would come across again. Um, you know, maybe something about a little bit origin, like, you know, what do they call those when they do those almost like a short intro to the movie before the credits and then they start the show. It'd be almost like I could see something like that happening and then showing some baby crying at the base of a mountain. Yeah. Yeah, because that know. is the whole reason why the dragon is born on the slopes of dragon mounts is that Aiel War. So they could open with that. Definitely include it in the first episode. That would that make sense. Provides the context. So, yeah. Um, 
So that was that was a pretty cool part. I like that that short thing. Uh, we get a lot of shots of uh, Emmons Field, Moraine showing up, um, some shots of the village, the villagers, and then we get shots of the the Trollocks and the Murdraw attacking, you know, Emmons Field, and there's this battle. There's a lot of those type of shots in this trailer, which makes sense. I mean, it's probably going to happen in the first episode, maybe at the very least. At the very least, the second episode, I would I would think, because that's pretty much how the story starts out. So, I don't know. What do you guys think about this attack on, you know, w- the winter night attack of the Trollocs? Finally got to see some Trollocs up close before they were kind of in the background blurry in the previous trailer. So, we get to see them here. What do you think, Kyle, um, about these Trollocs? I thought the Trollocs, from what you could see, looked pretty dang good. Right. Um, I thought, and and Mark, you brought this up a while ago in our last podcast about Narg, right? Being able to see him. And I think we get to actually hear and see him in the trailer, right? That's kind of nifty. And so, but by and large, I think, I mean, again, a lot of the scenes that they they brought up looked kind of, I mean, they were very dark and appropriately so, but I think they nailed it with the Trollocs. They look bigger than humans, right? They are, you know, they're different in variety and yeah, man, I, I just think, I think they looked really good. And so I'm, I, I, I'm excited to see more of them and I'm honestly excited to, to, to hear, cause I know they kind of have their own language, right. But hearing Narg talk in, um, in the, you know, in the, I don't know, they call it the common tongue in, in so. the, the eye of the world. Mm-hmm. That, that what it is. Yeah. Um, they, that term's used in so many books. You, you kind of forget what if it's in this one as well. But I don't know. Hearing that's going to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and and kind of getting back to some of that the, that Emmons Field. The one thing that I noticed, maybe I just missed it. Um, I don't think we've seen anything about Pot and Fame yet. Have you? Have we? Did did he come up in the trailer at all? I don't think we have. Like they haven't highlighted him at least. And that's, yeah. I mean. He's kind of the one that kicks off kicks off all the chaos in the in the two rivers. I mean, isn't that like the day or two after all everything starts going down? And so I'm I am really curious who or, or how they're going to portray Pot on Fane in some of these initial episodes, and if he's going to be, you know, kind of you know pleasantly aloof kind of a thing, or if he's going to be fairly you, you can feel that he's evil and and not a great person and has you know multiple personalities anyways i'm i'm curious and so i thought that was definitely one thing that is um that they overlooked i think they they should have probably showed him in the trailer at least to some degree mm-hmm. i wonder if we're gonna see with with him more of like a a, a gradual transformation like we're gonna see yeah. someone you know, more aloof at first and then a little bit more like almost paranoid. Right. And then after they go into, uh, was it Shadar Logos or whatever? Or, uh, yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. When yeah. they go in there, um, we're going to see him transform into something else and, you know, just gradually through the movie, just see him transform in, into, you know, like you said, multiple personalities because who he was at the end was, was not nothing like who he was at the beginning. Right. He was almost friendly with the kids at first, you know, like he knew what he was doing was wrong. 
but he was doing it, but he still loved these kids. He liked them for who they were uh, now. And then he grew to hate Rand and you know what I mean? Just right. continually down, downhill spiral for that guy. Um, I'm, I, I think the Narg thing was cool. I'm not, no, I don't know if I'm really convinced that that picture that scene, you know, when you see all the Trollocs coming down the hill was necessarily an attack on Ammon's field. Cause that's way too large. Too yeah, high. I can see You know, that. it was too large to happen right now. I think maybe that would, is either something like either like a flashback, you know, like they're talking about, I don't know, Trollock Wars, or they're talking about, or that's them being chased as they're running, you know, like as they're running in the midrill and everyone's chasing them in the birds and la la la. So I don't know, but I, I wasn't quite convinced because I remember thinking like, where, where is this happening? Where, you know, where, who are they attacking? Because there was never an attack that large. They attacked Emmons Field, but it was, by all accounts of the book, quite small, you know, more focused. Yeah, plus the the battle scenes we see in the trailer, they're at night, and that Trolloc army coming down the mountain is in the daytime, and they're all, like, looking at it, or they're able to see it, right? When In the book, in Winter Night, they just start attacking, everybody wakes up, and it's just chaos. And we see that reflected in the trailer. There's a lot of just running around, and the houses are on fire, nobody knows what's going on. So we see that, so... That does, like, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. That does seem like it's a different moment in in the story. So, yeah, definitely. And I think it's in the preview, tra- the teaser trailer, we saw a moment where the Aes Sedai were gathered around and there was, like, arrows coming at them or something and they used the power to stop it. And that was in the daytime, kind of a similar environment in the forest wooded area. So maybe that's those two scenes are are tied together somehow. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, obviously we don't know. We can speculate all we want. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's hard to pinpoint because I don't know of anything like that happening in the first book and a half. Right. Well, they're doing the whole Loghain storyline of how he got captured. Um, they're including that. It's, it's just mentioned briefly in the first book. But they're doing a full-on telling of it. And we see in the trailer, in the beginning, we even see Moraine and I think it's Leandrin working together to capture um, Loghain and just cut him <clears throat> off from the source. Was Moraine involved in that? I don't think so, but I she was there. I don't think so. In the trailer, yeah, she's I don't, there. I, um, yeah, in the trailer, she's there. But again, where we see... Cad Swain, because Cad Swain was most definitely there. Because mm-hmm. remember, they talked about she showed up and then she left before all was said and done. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think Cad Swain was definitely there. I think it's, it's a bit of a mistake to show Moraine there. I, I think she knew of it, but I don't think she was involved. Yeah, because she was tracking down. Because I think they captured her when she was at least going to the two rivers, if not at the two rivers, when right. he got captured. Because by that time they captured him and brought him to Camelin in the story, that's when Rand saw him. So those, you know, Moraine's adventure with the Two Rivers folks was happening at the same time of them capturing Loghain and bringing him to Camelin. Right. So I don't know how they could tie that together. But maybe, uh, again, like you said, Kyle, the editing, the Moraine, the, the scene with Moraine and Leandrin working together is a different experience. 
and yeah. they're showing the capture of Loghain right before it or after or whatever it was to make you think that. I don't know. That would make more sense. Yeah, that could be. That could be. Yeah. So, but yeah, what do you guys think about them in, including in detail or spending some time at least more than we got in the story with the capture of Loghain and um, it looks like they're bringing him to Camelin and we see that as he's on a wagon with red eyes at eyes surrounding him. So it sounds like they're going to show that whole sequence. What do you guys think about that part being included? I wonder if they're really trying to, given that, you know, the, the first book starts off with, um, you know, Luz Theron going crazy, right? And you have, that's very, you know, vividly, you know, put up in that they, the dragon, the, you know, Sidene is very dangerous. It's tainted and needs to be controlled, right? And so given that, I mean, I haven't seen any trailers or any, any hints that that scene is any part of the, the, the series yet. And so I'm wondering the re if the reason they included it was to kind of drive that point home in that, you know, there is a whole task force set out to control Sidene and it's because it's very dangerous, particularly those that claim they're the dragon reborn because of what happened at the breaking of the world, right? And so I, I, I think that that's my opinion. They, they need to establish that point to help kind of Rand's story progress, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a good point. Because um, I think it would be hard to sh to show that prologue with Luce Theron and everything, like the first thing you see. I know for me it was hard to read it and then jump to a different time with different characters. I was like confused. Right. Uh, the sequence is fine. The story is fine. It just seemed out, always seemed out of place or not enough context. So they probably made that decision to your point that, hey, we need to establish Sidene as being dangerous so that when we show Rand realizing he can channel, we're like, oh, no, he's going to be like that other guy, Loghain. So and then there's always the, you know, who is the Dragon Reborn? Is it Rand? Is it uh, Loghain? Is it Mazram Tain? You know, who is it? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, a fun outrigger story that we're going to get, right? I mean, we, we don't really get much about it other than a few sentences here and there, maybe a paragraph, you know, um, about what happened. Um, Explain so the outrigger theory. Explain <laughs> your outrigger theory. You know, like, we kind of know the general story that, you know, he you know, he raised the banner, he, you know, marched to become the dragon reborn. And, you know, that he went to war and he lost. That's all we know, right? And that's it. So, you know, they're going to talk about the Sidene, you know, and uh, again, talk about like how he got caught, et cetera, et cetera, and, and how deep they go. I just feel like you're going to get a little bit of an outrigger story there, that they're going to go into some things that we just don't know about. You know, like there's been questions, we don't really know, but now we're going to know. They're just going to make a decision and say, hey, this is this is what is canon. Um, yeah. One thing I've always wondered about Loghain, and I don't know if you guys have wondered, this is who trained Loghain? Does everyone, anyone ever wondered that? Like, I've always wondered that because Rand, as we saw, w without Asmodian, he was, he never could, could have done 
anything, right? He was almost like hopeless. Yeah. And you, here you got Loghain who needed a full circle of Aes Sedai to stop him. And by that point, I mean, they could have stopped Brand like nobody's business, you know, like it would have been, wouldn't have been fun. And so I've always wondered, like, you know, was someone involved in that, you know, who gave him this, this, uh, you know, the flag of the dragon to raise over the battlefield and march and everything else. Like he had everything set up just for him. And it's like, where did he get all that? How did he know how to channel at such a level that I said I were getting killed trying to stop him, you know, mm -hmm. because I mean, we saw Rand's his whole journey and he, you know, he couldn't do anything except make Bella run for a long time. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that was really, really random. And he made himself run long time at night right and stuff like that and what this guy just showed up one day and came with like one of the top end powers in the in the world so i, I don't know <laughs> that's a that's a question for somebody else right but i've always wondered that yeah i mean yeah. that's a good point that's i mean that's, yeah that, that really is i i was just curious i, I googled it really quick and i it just says he began channeling Sidene around this time and then declared himself to be the Dragon Reborn. So, yeah, and he always but yeah, to, your point, to your point, they, uh, I mean, Asmodian had to train Rand just to do, to control, you know, it at all, right? And Rand could do random things, but yeah, not really anything direct or on purpose. Yeah, he was super strong, but he didn't have the focus, the training, the discipline. So, you know, what about Loghain, maybe even Mazrum Tame? Um, if you learn to channel, you got to be able to figure it out or else you're going to go crazy real quick, right? And so how, where did he get that knowledge, I guess? That's a very good point. I, I would like to know, actually, now that you bring it up, I was like, yeah, what happened? Is that a, a plot hole? I doubt it. But, you know, well, how can we never heard anything about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and that is far beyond anything we're talking about right now. But as we talk, sometimes I, I, oh, yeah. I get off course. I'm sorry. The trailer, oh. yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm stuck on who trained Logan. Now I'm, I'm really racking my brain just to come up with theories at this point. Yeah. Dang it, Mark. Same so rabbit holes. <laughs> so we'll see the, the capture of Logan, and may, maybe they'll throw us a bone and be like. He'll say something about it. They'll ask him, how did you learn about the dragon? I'm pretty sure the dragons, so everyone seems to know about it, but as far as like the real story, I don't think it was very common knowledge outside of I said I and the other people who knew those type of things, smart people. So, you know, where did he come up with that stuff? So it'll be good. Maybe they'll throw us some information there. Um, another thing that we see in the trailer is that was curious was not necessarily the white cloaks. We'll get to that in a second, but Lan and Moraine in white clothes, like having a moment where Lan's kind of beating on his chest, Moraine's crying. And it's meant to think since they're both in white clothes, which we don't ever see. I don't even think I even read about it in the book where they're dressed in white, having this, um, experience together. And it seems like they were like Lana was a captive 
and Maureen was responding to it. I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts or ideas on that? That part of it? It's just a quick clip, but it seems a pretty emotional moment for both of them. I did see that, but I couldn't put my finger on on what that could have been. I mean, even her bonding him was not some grandiose thing, right? Mm-hmm. It just you know, it happened, I think it just happened in the woods, right? Yeah. And he, he finally fell. relented and she did it. Right. Yeah, it wasn't this momentous thing happened. I don't know. I don't really have any theories around that. Uh, I don't know. It could be a weird timeline rewrite too, <laughs> where like she knows him or knows of him and then she's testing because she's all in white. Mm-hmm. And in, when they're testing, they're still in their white clothes from the sure. adept, right? Or whatever. Yeah. And so maybe she's testing and sees him in danger or something. I, I couldn't, I was the same way. I can't wrap my hand around this. I have no idea where they went. I have no idea where this could come from. So the only thing I could pick, because I watched it a few times, was she was still an adept, and that's probably part of her testing. Mm-hmm. When you see, like, right, like you have to be vigilant, look for the sign, you know, the sign, and then leave them, which is probably why she was crying. Okay. Did she did she know Lan before she took her her test for I said I while she was accepted? She no. knew of him, and I think most people knew of him, right? But I don't think she knew him. Yeah, they didn't meet until in the borderlands when she went up there to investigate someone so i'm wondering if this that's why i say i think this is a timeline thing i think this is them just trying to make a more fluid timeline or have it make sense in a a really short amount of time without having to flesh out this whole story yeah that's a good point that's a good point i didn't think about the accepted tests or i'm sorry the eyes that i test while they were accepted and, and the clothes that they well do they wear clothes one of them they don't I don't know about both. Can't remember. I don't think you do in the ICI, but when they, but when you, it's, it's kind of like the world of dreams, right? You right. make reality. And so most of them, I think I remember reading that they, they end up in white because that's how they see themselves, right? They see themselves right. in a white dress. Right. No, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah but, so, I mean, it could be way off. Who knows? <laughs> I think it's a totally valid theory. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see, you know, couple of weeks november 19th they're going to release the three first the first three episodes uh back to back they're not gonna do weekly for the first three so maybe that'll be in one of those first three episodes nice. yeah so next up white cloaks we i don't think we saw any of them at all in that first teaser trailer but we definitely saw some here um they also released some still shots and i think it was entertainment weekly in a promo there, but um, the white cloaks, they look kind of militaristic. Uh, we had wanted to see like a fanatical type group. I don't think we're really seeing that, at least in these shots. Uh, Mark, you you like the white cloaks. They're kind of your, um, one of your favorite groups, I, is that fair to say? You love to hate them type thing? Uh, yeah, I, I do. They are one of my favorites. I think, I think, um, there's a lot to them. Um, yeah, we, we see him. We obviously don't know who we saw. Uh, I liked what I saw, you know, this, you know, well, I, I, we didn't get to see the full military, military garb, right. You know, my full plate 
that they talk about, which yeah. I'm still excited to see. Uh, but, you know, we kind of did see, you could see the arrogance in, in this guy. Uh, can kind of see, you know, um, where <laughs> and how they're hated so easily. Like I just saw like two seconds of one and I'm like, I already hate this guy. I don't even know who he is. You know, um, we have no idea who we saw. Uh, I, I think it's one of two possibilities. I originally said one. I think it's either Jeffrey, Jeff from Bornhold or it is the leader of the inquisitors it's it's one of the two um but i don't think it's because there was no red yeah and so i i still and you know leaning toward jeff from bornhold so i don't know really cool though really really a fast one and and i thought it i thought in that two second clip we got the heart <laughs> of what um you know of what they are yeah this he was the guy that had the rings right he collected the ice and eye rings yeah yeah they were like around his like i don't know belt belt or something yeah Yeah. and that wasn't a thing was it in the story i don't remember reading about that no but i think it talked about it like i think one of them i remember there was a confrontation between the two and one of them said something you know we'll have your ring or something like that Mm. and uh um but it was a really quick line in a, in one of the books, probably, you know, I, yeah. I remember Baron being there, but I don't remember which book. So um, who knows where that came from? That's an interesting, you know, another interesting thing, you know, where, where he got all these rings. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Um, we did see the capture of uh, Egwene and Perrin by the White Cloaks saw Mm -hmm. a little bit of the tinker like one of them was laying on the ground i think rafe judkins in his uh, trailer um commentary mentioned that that was aram the tinker who had the sword right that's what he said so um so we get to see them captured which i'm glad to see because i was worried about they when the group splits up after shadar logoth and matt and Rand go their direction, Perrin and uh, Egwin go their direction. I didn't, I thought they would just skip over that and for storytelling purposes. But if we see Egwin and Perrin getting captured by the White Cloaks, that means we're going to see part about Hopper and the wolves and traveling people. Obviously, if we see one of them laying there. So I think, I think we have that part of the story intact, which I'm happy about. You think they'll bring Elias in this early? Because um, we don't see him again <laughs> forever, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'd like I, to see I, him. I would hope so. I mean, they've got to set the context that parent can talk to wolves, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and that all happens through, I mean, Elias kind of, I don't, I, well, I don't want to say sets his mind at ease, but says it's a thing, right? And so. Gives a history about it. Gives it the history, right, exactly. Uh, yeah. I hope they do. Yeah. I think if they're going to do that storyline, it would be a good opportunity to have him show up and spend the night with him or helps him out at what he does. And then he leaves. I think we need, we should see that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what I thought about the white cloak uniforms though. I know, I, you know, some people are, are, are totally fine with it, but I can't, I can't get it over. Like they all look like they're just wearing dresses to me yeah. you know 
great big long white dresses and it's just like ah I, I like it from the belt up right I think they look great from the belt up but like you know I would imagine given that they're fairly militaristic that they you know they, they'd have something a bit more rugged to do you know pr- practical to get around in as opposed to long white skirts and so I don't know that was that, that's the one thing that bothers me about kind of how they're portraying them I think I totally agree Mark that they they look haughty and I mean, I already don't like them. <laughs> so maybe, maybe that's checking the box right there, you know, but yeah, I just, I can't really get over their, their garb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, no, I, I, at first I was thinking kind of the same thing you did, but I'm, I'm going to withhold hundred percent judgment until I see them in their full, you know, military regalia, like set up for battle. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, and if we're getting, just, in first... my mind, they they had they always were ready, right? To some extent, they that doesn't mean that they were, um, you know, courageous or anything else like that. But in my mind, I always pictured them as always in like their mili- militaristic regalia, at least to some extent. And maybe that's a shortcoming on my part, but but yeah, yep, that, that's a the uniforms right now. At least the clips that have been result or been released little bit hard for me to swallow yeah mm-hmm. okay so white cloaks we'll see um i mean in book one we see them we interact with perrin and egwene and then we see them in uh, falm in book two so we didn't see anything with falm that's one thing i didn't see in the trailer is it's kind of some book two context we saw i think we could go to this next we saw Faldara on the Borderlands, um, and some of the Shinarans. Yep. Um, from with from the, the back. top, not there. Yeah. Yep. But outside of that, we don't really see anything else from Book Two. I would say, like we don't see, um, uh, what's her name? The the really the Forsaken. That's really beautiful. Landfear. We don't see her yeah. necessarily, and we don't see anything with Falm, as far as I can tell. Noba Alzaman. Obalzwin. We do see him kind of waking up from nightmares though. Like Rand. Oh yeah. So but we don't you know, like we're right, we don't see Balzaman, but I was like, oh, that's the nightmares they're having. So that, I'm I'm hopeful that we'll get to see Balzaman and what's his name playing him? Billy Zane. Billy Zane. <laughs> <laughs> so um but yeah, the we saw Faldara, it's it's deserty which i hadn't in my mind it wasn't a desert like i thought it initially i thought it was the the aiel waste with how dead it was and you know rocks and sand and things like that mm-hmm. yeah uh that's a good point i guess i didn't think of it i mean i always kind of pictured it more dead than the rest of the world right because they talk yeah. about that it's you know right the blight keeps encroaching to the south and things like that. So they would be more dead than everybody. But I saw the top knot, but I guess I didn't pay too much attention to the background, like land and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's fine. Cause it is kind of on the, the edge. It's as far as the, the borderlands go, it is the one that's the furthest East. If I remember correctly, right next to the IU waste. So I mean, I guess you could have some crossover there. 
but I, I, I did want to see more of them because they're a big part of the end of the book and then book the first part of book two, you know, those characters with Uno and um, the other guys. Um, who becomes the prophet? Is that Uno? No, that's Mas- Masima. Oh. Yeah, it's Massima yeah, or Massima or however you say his name. Yeah. You know, him. And there was another guy that, the one guy that's uh, like the leader, then he ends up being the dark friend. Yeah. Oh. Oh, the name's escaping me right now. Yeah. I so. I know it because I'm a real fan. His name is Intar. <laughs> Intar, real fan. Come on, Mark. <laughs> he is. He's legit one of my most favorite characters in the first two books. Totally. Uh, he, I think he is the perfect redemption story, right? When everyone, you know, everyone talks about like redemption, I, you know, how can I do it? I, he is like one of my heroes. And I know I've talked about this before uh, quite a while ago in one of our podcasts, but um, he is like, of all my secondary characters, he's my favorite. Yeah. He does have a great story arc. And hopefully they tap into that. Have they cast anybody for Inktar yet? I don't think so. Not, no. They haven't come out and said either way, but I think that's one of the things I'm looking forward to in in the show is we get, finally get to see who's who and how they act. And um, a lot of the speculation about who's going to play this because they did that, that casting release when they revealed who's going to play Elaine. And then two other people who are going to be important, but they didn't say who they're going to play. So, you know, that type of speculation will have a better idea on a lot of the characters. A lot of the actors who are playing will just know who's who finally. You think, you know, the guy that we saw with the top knot in uh, Feldara, do you think that um, is Agamar Jagged? Jagged, however you say his name. Um, Like the leader of Feldara? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, the great captain and stuff. Yeah. Okay. I was that's wondering if that's who it was. Yeah. So, um, we I think we saw Tom. They didn't say either one way or the other, but I'm pretty sure that's Tom in the beginning. That he has a line, some lines of dialogue in the beginning of the trailer. Uh, yeah, so. like he was talking to somebody. Yeah. Um, but you didn't know who he was talking to. Yeah, yeah. I, I did see that. Yeah. Then with him, he doesn't have the col- the multicolored cloak. He has a guitar instead of the the harp and the like, flute. I guess he could still have those things, but he has a guitar. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Can't ruin him. I think I, I know. I you know there's so many, only so many characters that you can change physically. Fine if you want to do it, but there's. I don't know of too many main characters like a Tom that you could change who they are without failing that character. Yeah. That's one of them. Yeah. It's like having Rand with black hair. You don't yeah. do that. Yeah, just part of who he is, you know, yeah. like um to you know, making Perrin not a blacksmith, you know. Mm-hmm. So, arrow maker you know what i mean like it'd just be strange yeah well those are the parts that stuck out to me in the trailer do you guys have anything else that you want to bring up or anything that wasn't in the trailer like i brought up not not much from book two that isn't in the trailer that we know of anything like that um 
I think the things we missed are anything from Major Legends and Ozzy. I think those are the two major ones that I wanted to get a glimpse of and didn't. Mm-hmm. For me, it was Loyal. Right. Oh yeah, good point. Like, where's where are the O gear? And so, or at least Oil or Loyal, you know. And so, I know they've cast him, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm. I'm the Ogier are some of are, are my favorite characters. I love the Ogier. I love their, you know, their ability to, you know, to sing and control and just their how you never see an angry Ogier until, you know, <laughs> later in the book, right? And then it's terrifying, right? And so I I I've, I've been excited to see an Ogier and just I was hoping I'd see it in this trailer. I'm I, I'm pretty sure that I mean they have to bring him in at some point in some of this initial series just to kind of keep this the dialogue going. But but yeah, that I, that was something I thought was unfortunate that was missing. Yeah, they got to bring him up for the waygate. But who knows? I mean, the way that's one <laughs> thing I'm disappointed is the waygate. It doesn't. That's not the waygate. Come on, guys. That looked like a portal, right? Like, I I don't know if that was the way gate. I would have actually taken that as the portal that he he travels with Lanfear. Yeah. That's what I thought that was. Because I was like, that's not a way gate. Because a way gate's like a like a door like a, a big door, door. Right. Oh, exactly. leaves around it uh, but i always thought that was like oh that's a traveling stone when i saw that scene it's a traveling stone it could be but they're all in the scene they're all walking towards it like they're gonna enter it and in the books we don't see that don't we is, is that much later in the book remember he tries to trap like transfer them all and then matt's like i would never betray you i would never yeah. betray you and he's like freaking out maybe yeah. that's much later in the books and i thought that was earlier I think that's after they, when they go to the waste, after the Stone of Tear falls. Oh, he you might be them. right. So I guess I'm way ahead, you know. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a much earlier, so okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if they're going to stick to the process of the Waygate, Loyal would have to be there to access it for him and then read the, the Waypost inside the Ways. Right. Right. I, I hope I hope for you know just just for the story's sake that it looks more like a door and that you see the Avendasora leaves right and yeah yeah so we'll see we'll yeah. see so far though I'm excited you know I think from what I've seen I'm definitely gonna watch it I'm it's looking really fantastic so far. I was really hoping that they weren't going to kind of lowball budget the whole thing and have it just be crummy. And but I think they're really doing a. I mean, I, I do have my hesitations, my reservations, the things I'm not really 100% on board with. But by and large, it looks pretty cool, and I'm 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 super excited. And so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, I I think the one thing I need to do is take a step back. And not be a diehard fan when I get into it, right? <laughs> not not that I shouldn't be a diehard fan, but you know I've got so many years of what the world is in my imagination and what people are, and you know I've read the description of this fifty five times, but a large pe- a large group of people haven't, and so for them it's their first time seeing this. So I need to try to look at it 
a little bit more through those eyes as opposed to like such a critic's eyes. Otherwise, I might I might critic myself out of enjoying it, if that makes sense. I, I think that's really good advice. I think I need to do the same thing too. Because some of those things that I just hit a snag on, it's you, you kind of snag yourself out of enjoying it and it's and you kind of miss the point. And so good, good point, Mark. Good point. I'll I'll try to be less of a diehard fan. <laughs> impossible we can't be nothing but we can't be nothing but diehard fans i know it's true we have a podcast about the <laughs> wheel of time no. but I do think, yeah but I, that's a good point we need to be a little less critical try to just enjoy it for what it is and then we'll talk about it on our podcast <laughs> yes but like you i think there's a lot of good things and there'll be some things that don't match up to our head canon, like you said, Mark. But um, I think overall it's looking good. A lot of good things. Um, I like I said the the part with Egwene and Perrin kind of shows that you know the group is going to split up. So that shows me that they are trying to stick to the overall story, but yet at the same time streamline it so it's not so long and tedious. Because, you know, anybody who's read Robert Jordan's books knows his story can get pretty tedious at times. And so they're trying to get rid of those moments and streamline it, which I can appreciate. So I hope we get a whole season on Winter's Heart. <laughs> we definitely need it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can just watch people walking in the snow every day for like one hour of the like four hours that book is. And then I, we'll have that, that dialogue. I almost, I almost put down the whole series after that because I go, oh, 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 this is tough. Yeah. And then we'll have someone, we'll have the characters reading dialogue to show their inner thoughts of their suffering. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brutal. Like if they, if they didn't talk about that at all and just moved on, I think... Every, like I would be like this is the most amazing show I've ever seen in my life regardless of anything else <laughs> yeah well they could definitely stream like that those story points so we'll see season six probably five or six but yeah. uh yeah so a lot of good things in this trailer we're excited um probably won't see another full trailer till till the, the first episode we might see these little TV clips, 30, 20, 30 seconds that they tend to do as the show gets closer. Uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, did you guys watch the one clip from the show that was about two minutes long of Moraine showing up at the, the Wine Spring Inn and walking in uh, with Lan to see everybody? Did you guys watch that? Yep. Yeah, that was pretty neat. Walking in and like the fire's going on and like yeah. you know who are you which is weird to me right like was it naive that stood up it's like who are you you know like yeah like she's gonna do something it's like who are you you know you, <laughs> like okay you could track people well but come on now what are you gonna do there yeah. uh, i'm like there's like a room full of men like you got hunters you got these bow and arrows they're like the most deadly things in the world and you, you're gonna stand up with a little knife yeah. I, that, that was the only weird thing to me that's the only thing that didn't just like click in my head but other than that i thought it was great um, wait, I'm not going to be a critic. It was amazing. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> You're already backtracking, Mark. Already backtracking. <laughs> yeah, I thought it set a mood pretty well of 
of just the environment and how Moraine's going to interact with these people in the beginning, at least. So it was, not much happened, but it was, it was cool to see. That's probably why they released it. <laughs> Again, nothing happens in this two minutes, so let's just show everybody this. Yeah, it couldn't be like a Lord of the Rings two-minute release, which was awesome. Yeah, You guys remember that? Anyways, that's neither here nor there. I guess it does show... Sorry, I know we're wrapping up here, but I guess it does show Nynaeve's impulsiveness there. You True. Know, she, mm-hmm. she is a little... Uh, she can be a little crazy at times, and so... Well, crazy is not the right word. Um, intense. Intense, yeah. So, that's what I like about her. Nope. nope. Very... Very strong-willed at times. So, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening to the Fourth Devian podcast as we break down this official trailer of the Wheel of Time. And just like I said, the show will come out November nineteenth. First, they're going to release the first three episodes. So we'll be watching. Will you guys be watching? Uh, we will. We'll break it down the episode by episode and talk about it. Inevitably, there's going to be some comparison to the books because. For the past, you know, what, 1990 to 2021, that's 31 years. <laughs> Is that 31 years? Wow. Yeah, for the yep. past 31 years, we've been reading this series. Well, I haven't been reading for 31 years. I started in 96, so uh, 25 years. Yeah. So past, it's still a long time. So. Yeah, 25 years, been reading the story multiple times. So there's inevitably going to be some comparisons with the books. And uh, as long as it's uh, healthy and somewhat comparable, I'll be happy with it. But I'm looking forward to this. And thanks for joining us. And definitely check us out on social media, Fourth Taverin on, on Twitter. Joining the conversation there. There's a pretty good group of, of fans on Twitter. Just uh, do a search for hashtag the Wheel of Time or hashtag WOT, hashtag Twitter of Time. And you'll just find tons and tons of posts from fans who are excited about this show. And just everyone's pretty cool for the most part. Uh, they interact pretty well. So join in join in there. Follow us there as well. And we'll interact with you guys. If, if you want to make some comments on this episode, just email us at uh, podcast at CredibleNerds.com. And we'll read your email and probably read it on the on our show, on our podcast, Talk About the Wheel of Time. And, or if you comment on our social media on, on Twitter, we'll, we'll recognize you there as well and read what you have to say. So uh, join us there and look forward to November 19th. So we'll see you guys. May you find water and shade. See ya.
What's another saying? The will weaves as the will wills. Is it Taishar Manetherin? Taishar Manetherin. (laughs) 